Welcome to the Craft Beer Cast. I'm Josh. That's Jeff. What's happening, everybody? We made it. We made it. Did we? What did we make it through? The weekend. Okay. I guess. I mean, he had a good Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show a few years ago, so did we really make it? Oh my gosh, was that that long ago? I know. I swear, like, doing this every two weeks for as many years as we did... There's something about switching to Tuesdays that it feels so much... It really does. Like, it still feels fucking weird. But we've only been doing it for, what, like a couple of months now? Yeah. The Tuesday thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's Wiley Wells. Hi, everybody. Or Wells. It definitely makes it back into the weekend faster. And I do appreciate that. That's true. Because, you know, tomorrow it's Wednesday, which means, oh, dang, I need to hurry up and get all the website stuff ready. <laughs> or when we do it on a Wednesday, it's like, oh, dang, it's Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to get everything updated so you can go to craftbeercast.com and, you know, check out that link. That's right. Go click on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash craftbeercast. That's right. So uh, what's been up since last time we recorded? I've done nothing as always. Well, no, you guys I went, we no, did you guys stuff. went out. I was say, I, I, know, I, I, I ditched on you other than to... Uh, uh, help chime in on your Twitter rants. My, about... my hot take. I don't think it's a hot take anymore. I think it. No, like, it's not. You know, it's 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 a valid opinion, and I think there's more than one side to it. And it was it was interesting. So uh, Josh and Wells went out to a brewery, and I was thinking about going, but um, they kind of got lazy and had stuff going on and you know it is what it is come to find out i missed out on uh it being the daycare brewery that y'all went to well it wasn't really the daycare brewery that we went to and we'll get into that but uh well besides our beer journey did mm-hmm. you do anything since we last recorded uh yeah i just got back from Asheville a couple days ago how was that uh it was a quick up and back i didn't really have i was there for concerts i wasn't there for a lot of beer but of course i made it over to zillacoa like i am just kind of tending to do when i don't have very much time um that's just one of those absolutely must visit type spots and uh and again uh they're they're making probably the best clean beer in Asheville. so if y'all are out there listening and have Asheville in your sights and you are not going to zillacoa why? What's wrong with you? It's because a, wicked weed. <laughs> Why not? Uh, anything else other than Zillico when you went up there? That's so that's primarily it. I mean, went to Burial Forestry Camp, and that was a nice little quiet version of Burial. That's that's about it. Cool. Didn't sleep much. So uh, <clears throat> the weekend after we recorded our last series of shows, Wells and I did decide to go out. Uh, we hit up Fontaflora. They were having their stout day. They had some bomb-ass stouts on tap. But uh, let me tell you, that place was a shit show of people and no masks. Optimus Hall was yeah. just a nightmare. It wasn't so much Fontaflora. Right, like no, it wasn't Optimus Fontaflora's Tall's. fault at all, really. But but aren't we all... Is it, hadn't Mecklenburg already started phasing out masks anyway? Nope. No. Not, not this, at that point. This past weekend. Okay. okay. Yeah. Not at that point. Wait. Time means nothing to me still, so... Oh, I know. Time is a construct. Uh, but we did... It, it was enjoyable, and we kind of got there at the right time, because we got there right at noon, and then, you know, had a couple of beers, and by that point, it really started to get crowded. Lots of people... Time to go! <laughs> yep. So we bounce over to Heist, uh, the Barrel Arts, which... Mm-hmm. 
you know, is great because it's a huge outdoor space. And even if other people are there, you can still safely and easily social distance yourself and everything. But what nice got my hot take going was <laughs> everything was nice and quiet and chill when we first got there. And then some parents show up, but their kids are quiet. And I'm like, perfect. Like, have at it, kids. Do your thing. But then the longer and longer we were there, the more and more parents start to show up. And then I think what really set me off is I saw somebody bringing in a car seat, which tells me there's an infant in there. And at that point, what are you doing? Well, okay. And why? I I don't take issue with bringing an infant well-behaved children or well-behaved fur babies. Yes. I have, I, I take no issue with that. Yep. Um, when the, the one and only, well, the last one of two times, I guess I've ever been to Sycamore. There was a lady there who was there to be seen, not to drink, Yeah. which is fine. That's her prerogative. Right. But she had her dog so she could be seen mm-hmm. and she really wasn't, tending to it at all and it would just sit there and just like bark at people that's not like what happened to human decency that's consideration for others like like i don't mind that you know maybe you know getting a babysitter is expensive and maybe your infant's too young you don't want to go down the path like it's fine i have no no qualms about that having been a parent of, of two like i remember those days right but so help me when they start to act out, I would get embarrassed and would take them out of whatever place we were in. Yeah. I don't understand why that's not a thing. Well, and, and I was going to say, I don't specifically remember any of the kids getting out of line or anything, but it just... Oh, you were just whining because there were kids there? Oh, dang. I thought they were like getting loud and obnoxious and stuff. They might have been, and we decided to bounce. There was a lot of weirdness going on. But it was like six families in one little pod, yeah. which was a little weird, too. Like 20 to 25 people just like around the couple picnic benches and taking up all the space and kicking a soccer ball around and kids running around. And they weren't being like in the way or especially loud, but it's just like, go to a playground. Like, this is not a, a, a runaround spot. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and no, it's not that I wasn't upset that there was just kids around. It was, it's just, it, it got me thinking of all the other times of all the other breweries that we've gone to. And, you know, everything's nice and quiet and chill for the first two hours of the day. And then all of a sudden it's like two or three o'clock hits and it's kitty land. And what the fuck is happening and why? It just really frustrates me because, yeah, I, you know, and, and, especially I guess the infant thing is what really got me where it's like, who, who is this helping? Well, I mean, kids probably going to sleep through just about anything, right? So, I mean, one, one would help or hope, but I don't know. I mean, from the brewery perspective, the kid's not drinking, right? The kid's not eating, but the parents there, I mean, Ryan made a good point. You know, it's, if they don't bring their kid, they're not coming. That seat doesn't necessarily get filled back up, but, you know, like... No, it, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It, it, it is, and it's tough to keep everybody happy and everybody content, which is where I kind of get into my 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 side of, you know, you bring what you want to bring, you know, as long as it's not getting out of hand. Like, I don't right. care if you're bringing cigarettes in, 
but you start smoking next to me and I'm going to have a problem with it. Yeah, and maybe that might have been part of the other problem too if they would have, I don't know, chose the other end. Have you been to Barrel Arts at all? I have not. Okay, so I mean, they legit have almost a football-sized yard. I so mean, so this this sounds like uh, they, they did the, uh, I'm going to come up and pee in the urinal right next to you. Yeah, pretty much. There's 85 to choose from. You pick the one right next to right, you. Right, exactly. And at first it was just like one parent and their baby and a couple of dogs. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. No big deal. And then more and more. And I'm like... There's so much room here. Why Why uh, are you right here? Yeah. Why? It's not necessary. No, no you guys could have easily decided. Yeah, hey. there's 30 picnic benches out there. They could have chosen, I don't know, any other one. Yeah. 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 And that goes back to, Jeff, your point of human decency of, like, let's say that all of us, and Jeff, I know you you would be like, no, never again. Let's say you had two kids, again, for some reason, now. And <laughs> 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 Wolves. Well, that two, and I had two. Wait a and, minute, this is not good. No, and we all decided, you know, let's go to a brewery. Like, I guess my the part of me that would click in was I would be very aware of my surroundings and going, oh, hey, there's four people over there. Let's not set up shop right next to them. Let's find another place. You know, I, I yeah, give them a little bit of space. Yeah, we're. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna get off my soapbox before I get on it. So, hey, let's talk about beer, man. Yeah, totally. Oh, beer, Since man. we are the craft beer cast. We are. Rather than the complaining about children cast. <laughs> Why not both? Uh, Molson Chorus has logged its first sales growth in a decade. A decade? A decade. Wow, that's a long time to be floundering. Not turning a profit? Yeah. Or I guess sales growth. That's different than profit, right? Okay, so it's their first sales growth. So they've seen an, in, an uptick. Speaking good tonight. Words are hard. Words English, Gad. Uh, okay, so why? What's uh, what's spurring on this sales growth? Is pe- are are people suddenly excited about Shock Top and Coors Light? Oh yeah, Blue Moon, absolutely. So, um, basically, they were down for volume, um, and they failed to beat expectations. But net sales were up six point five percent. What else? Versus 2020 when net sales declined 8.7% because, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Um, basically, they're discontinuing brands that don't sell. They are expanding their portfolio beyond beer, you know, jumping into seltzers and all sorts of other fun things. and Like everybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so going back to that and this article doesn't necessarily point that out but it got me really thinking because Jeff you just mentioned it shock top you've already got shock top when it's called blue moon so why you got both and at some point do we see the retirement of shock top nah you don't I think mean, as long as as long as the what are they called Ooh. as long as the skew delivers they'll they'll keep it Does that mean i i can remember growing up in the Midwest, as I'm sure Jeff, you do yep. too, and you would see those shock top oh, yeah, ha- shock top. tap handles everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, because it was it, it stuck out. Yeah, you know. Um, and then when Blue Moon became a thing, you saw those Blue Moon tap handles everywhere. And it, you know, back then I didn't realize it, but they basically had the snake eating its own tail, which yeah. is a weird thing to do. But, but I mean, <clears throat> okay, contrast that with. The at any given time three variants of Budweiser, and oh, eight absolutely. variants of Bud Light, not to include the seltzers and everything else. I mean, to have two pretty similar flavors that perform well 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, more power to you. It's a thing. Uh, it is kind of fascinating, though, back to you know what we said a moment ago, the fact that they really haven't turned a sales profit in a couple of years, which, you know, last, it was one of, in the last two episodes, we looked at the stats of how much both they and AB own, which is still like 56% of the beer landscape that they own, which is crazy that that number is coming down since right. we've done this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. But still, the fact that it's taken them two years to start to turn a profit in these post-COVID times is interesting. What uh, kind of jumped out at me, and honestly, I don't know how I missed this. Uh, Molson Coors Brewing was the company name up until about a year ago, and now they're Molson Coors Beverages. Interesting. Yeah, I completely missed like huh. them rebranding or renaming themselves slightly. So rather than brewing, which evokes beer manufacturer that imagery it's beverages so it's non-beer uh products as well i completely missed that when it happened so yeah it's crazy whoops so what is going on with twisted hippo it's a cool name for a brewery i've never even heard of it until i saw this article twisted hippo yeah it sounds like the uh the next iteration of salty grungy parrot or whatever it was duh there is no next iteration of that brewery. R.I.P. I just, it, but I mean, like their naming was so yeah. bonkers like that. It just uh, Twisted Hippo is a Chicago area brewery that unfortunately burned down. But no sooner, like I don't even know if the flames had been extinguished yet, and another brewery in the area had set up a GoFundMe for Twisted Hippo, and everybody was making donations and brewing beers for him, and wow. like. Nice. There's just something about, and you know, we're going to talk about this in just a second, um, about how breweries kind of stick together, even though they're competitors and the, the, you know, the sense of that word, it's, they're still friendly and still, I don't know, like microphone is the one that kind of started that GoFundMe and oh, we've had some microphone beers. We have, yeah. They're on the uh, Indiana side, I believe though. That's good to know. I mean, I've, I've never. I mean, even... It is really. I mean, it's it's all that you know, Munster, Hammond, Crown Point. As Crown Point's probably a little further south, but I mean, it's it's all that general like suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, the Chicago land area, so to speak. So they raced out. They got one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars in oh, Illinois in sorry. donations oh. up in. Can you click that link, please? Right, right there. Just tap his Thank screen. you. Just, just tap his TV yeah, I'm, until I'm, he gets the point. Yeah, I'm oh, trying to see. Okay. So as of right now, they are at $164,000 raised of a $200,000 goal. Um, that's pretty dang fast. For I mean, it's been a week. This is one of the rare times where I've seen a GoFundMe that, number one, doesn't infuriate me because it's some weird... I'm going to open a pup pup place or whatever, or it's not somebody's health care because our health care system in this. Country yeah, those just make me sad. Requires a GoFundMe apparently now. That's actually really amazing that they've raised that much money in that short amount of time. And Wells did allude to, we are going to talk to another article here in just a moment about it is kind of funny to me when you look at most craft beer scenes, at least that I know of. The, you know, obviously, I'm most familiar with what's around here, but I don't 
see them seeing each other as like I hate you competition. It's yeah, you're a competition, but you need some hops. Hey, we've got yeah. some hops. Or you need this, we've got this. Like it's a community yeah, more for, than it is anything. Yeah, especially for the independence. It is a community. And I think that's great. That's the way I mean like honestly that's what you would want, right? Yeah. It's you know, it that that whole like um idealistic uh, uh, story that we love to tell ourselves that narrative of we're all in this together against big beer it's great to see it actually come and you know like get shown out like that yeah it's 100% that's really cool yeah so good on them and we'll have I mean a link to the article As like in the show notes and if you want to donate to uh, that GoFundMe, there's a link in said article as well. I will actually make sure to call it out separately. So oh, okay. It'll make at, it even easier. Look at Josh go. It'll make it even easier. So, Wells, kind of to your point, uh, this particular article goes a little bit more in depth about court shoes, which we are all, I think, very excited to try again, uh, try some variations from some of our favorite breweries. But it really does talk about... <clears throat> You know, kind of the point that we just really made is that we're a community in this city. Just because I'm Brewery A and you're Brewery B and we're selling similar beers at the end of the day, we're hanging out. I'm going to your place to have a beer. You're coming over to my place to have a beer. It's a community. It's not it's not what you would typically think of when it comes to corporations fighting each other and Pepsi good, Coke bad, Coke good, Pepsi bad. Yeah, uh, going back to, you know, when I was a sales rep for a brewery, um, it I never saw other sales reps, like local brewery sales reps, as my competition. Right. We would get together, commiserate, kind of talk about who's opening up, who's got a tap line. Uh, it was very much like a two-way street in terms of information. Um, and, you know, we'd high-five each other if somebody you know, got the local tap on in place of a, a blue moon. That was always exciting times. Like, congratulations, you did an important thing. So, um, and I, it's not just in Charlotte, but this does, uh, you know, the Charlotte Magazine article does do a, a decent job of just talking about what's going on here. So, yeah, the focus is definitely on uh, court shoes only kind of deal, but also, you know, going back to when Noda first opened up and then Birdsong was going to open up like across the alleyway from them like a month later. And I mean, how they were a little worried about it at first, but it kind of realized that, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. For, for folks that don't know or don't, you know, didn't go to the OG locations of either, they were close enough. You could stand on one patio and literally have like a not shouting conversation with somebody on the other patio over, like just unless we're loud kids. Yeah. Which back in those days there weren't. So, you know, back in the good old days of the beer scene. But I mean, they were super close to each other. And nine times out of 10, if I was at one, where was I going to go? Yeah. You, I'm going over, right over yeah. to the other one. You, it's, it was almost like a, <clears throat> it was like a double win. If I'm going to go out somewhere, having a second brewery right there is almost an incentive for me to go because I'm just going to like, I'm going to visit one. I'm going to visit the other. 
Well, and I was going to say, like, how many times did we do a brew day? Oh, yeah. At Birdsong. Oh, yeah. And then we would be done for the day. And what would we do? We'd, we'd go over to, yeah. Yeah, we'd walk around. We'd be drinking all of Birdsong's beer. Yeah. So let's go check out some Nodos. Yeah, stuff. let's go see what Nodos yeah. got. But yeah, we would seriously sit there and brew with Connor. And then we would turn around and, you know, hey, have fun cleaning up. We're out. Yeah, that's and right. we'd walk over to Noda and have Maybe a couple that's of That's why we don't get invited back anymore. Yeah, it's very possible. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and you're right. It's one of those, like, as much as I can't stand the fact that everybody calls it Loso. Right. That is a cool little area if you just want to go brewery hopping. Because yeah. there's a ton of shit there that is all real walkable. Yeah, I mean, you can hit four without even... It, I mean, there's four within eyesight of each other. Yeah. And then, well... and. and Oh, the, the, this, that side reclosed, didn't it? Still four within walking distance. I mean, you're talking about Yancey, OMB, Sugar Creek, and Protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was not thinking about Yancey, but Yancey's, I mean, still, that's... That's still there. Yeah. Well, I know it is, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's like maybe a tenth of a mile up the road. And mm. Two blocks. It's real hard. Yeah. I mean, I've been there a few times and have walked that loop, and it's cr- kind of crazy when I remember what that area was at one point. Nothing. There, there nothing was but nothing. Old Nothing but old Mac and, time. and empty factories. Yep. Yeah, the first Mechtoberfest that OMB threw, something like 20 cars got broken into in a night. Wow. And yeah, and that was the kind of area that it was. And now it's like, I don't even think about my car getting broken into. Like, it just does not even cross I'd my mind anymore. I considered that until now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Jeff Spade. Okay, great. So not going back to... No, I'm kidding. So yeah, th- again, we'll th- we'll throw the article into the to the show notes, but hopefully you you guys have a that listen to this that aren't in Charlotte have a beer scene that's like this that you know we're we are a community at the end of the day it is a community. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Makes me just want to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's right. Maybe not. But uh, what's Sun King doing? Ah, well, Indianapolis, Indiana-based Sun King. Indianapolis, Indiana-based Sun King is uh, opening up a second location in Florida. Sarasota, to be exact. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of wild. Okay. Um, I'll be honest. When I go back to Indiana, I mean, I, I see their stuff, and I just, I'm just like, uh, you know, there's that time where, you know, a couple Osiris and, you know, one of their IPAs we were excited to get, and I think they're Scotch Ale, and then like, I just really haven't bought any of their stuff since then. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I was, I was I was very curious to see what your thoughts were because I mean to me this would be like if Boulevard all of a sudden said, "Hey, you know what? Sounds really cool, Florida, okay. where the Macho Man is from." Okay, so so is is it says for this summer in the headline is this a temporary thing? No, or? they're they're taking over a uh, so they've been distributing there for almost five years now and basically they, they feel like they're just capable of opening a new production facility. I mean, if they're, if they're selling through enough there and, and they can open a spot, I mean, sure. Good for that. You know? Yeah. Why not? That's an interesting spot to choose, but Hey, yeah, it is kind of weird to go from like Indiana to Florida. Like, why I don't not? Know. Have you ever lived in Indiana? No. Ask Liz. I've never the, even been to Indiana. The, the appeal of, hey, I live in Indiana. Let's go someplace, Florida. You'd be surprised, maybe not. It's a pretty popular destination for Indiana residents. Well, I was to say for most of the Midwest folks, because uh, 
it ain't cold in Florida like it is in the Midwest when it gets miserably cold in like October all the way till like April for yeah. most of the most of those places. And I know you're thinking, well, you could just go to like you know Garden City, Myrtle Beach area or something like that, but. I mean, that doesn't make any sense because if I'm coming from Indiana, I'm driving that far, I might as well just go all the way to Florida. Yep. You know, sit up in the panhandle, I'm in good shape. Yeah. Hmm. Something. Still feels weird. Yeah. It does. Uh, I found the story too, Wells. What? Okay. Uh, It was a very interesting story, but I'll let you take the lead. It makes me feel a certain way. What does it make you feel? And what what are we even talking about? Uh, well, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, we've got Russia in, attempting an invasion of Ukraine, and a uh, brewery in Ukraine, the the Pravda Brewery, um, has ceased brewing operations, like you kind of might expect. And but they're still bottling. But they're not bottling beer. Well, what are they bottling? Molotov cocktails. So is that like one of those uh, like wine and spirits things I'm supposed to be afraid of? Or, <laughs> you know, like like it's bad enough. I got my hard seltzer, and I'm going to get my you know Molotov cocktails and crack the top and throw that sucker back. Like and I was say, by the way, this is not the Molotov cocktail beer that we're thinking oh, of. Oh, oh, this is legit Molotov cocktail. Oh, so it's not an evil twin IPA? No, it's oh, not. Oh, good. Uh, and I don't know if anybody happened to catch that viral tweet over the weekend where a U.S. engineer that was a tank engineer was telling all the Ukrainians how to disable tanks. And I was like, uh-huh. you're a goddamn hero. I, were you the one that posted the TikTok of... Some, I don't have a TikTok. So no, no. It was, it was like on... You know how it is. Like, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though it's, it exists on TikTok, it gets retweeted. Or and, and there was this, this girl who, and her TikTok was how to steal a Russian tank. And she's showing like which buttons to flip and where the paddles do and all that and how to drive off in a, in a Russian tank. Yeah, and that was, was like, awesome. Okay. That's awesome. What a weird world we're in. Right? right? That is a super real weird thing for, to go viral, but good on them. Yeah, I, we go from like latest dance trends and people being obnoxious in public places to like, oh, here's how you steal a tank. Yep. Like, that's cool. Well, I'm surely you saw the video floating around Twitter of the farmer towing the oh, tank yeah, yeah, in his yeah, tractor. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> totally. I'm and just like, I just, I, I can't help but just look at all that and just like clap at my monitor. Like, that's so great. Well, and I was going to say, so what, what really resonated with me in this tweet was the fact that the engineer basically said, hey, you know those big vents on the back? You can throw things in them and clog them up and their engines will stop. And I'm like... Ooh. So all of a sudden, dots are starting to connect a little bit for me here. So now this really made sense when I saw this come out. I'm like, you sons of bitches. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. I've never even thought about the beer scene in Ukraine before. And, no, I hadn't either. But I, after reading this story, I'm like, where in the heck can I find Pravda beer? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And, uh, Go back. Back in 2014, the first bottles they chose to make in a Molotovs were for a particular craft offering called uh, Putin Hulu, which uh, I guess translates to Putin is a dickhead. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Great bottles to use for your... For your Molotov cocktails. Yep. Well. I'm not here to uh, uh, necessarily support destruction of other people's property, but... But... You know... Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, well, who the hell is Old Salem? I, I, I I'm serious. That who name are they? Sa- that name sounds really familiar to me. Uh, okay. So news story shift time. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Sorry. Um, the reason that I selected this story is Old Salem Brewing is opening a second location mm-hmm. in downtown Roanoke. I had never heard of them either. However, they are moving into the former uh, location of the shoots yeah. in Roanoke. Oh, okay. So that one closed down just a few months ago. Um, but it looks like they're just going to open a turnkey brewery there. Nice. Which so is they're not cool. a North Carolina based brewery. I'm assuming. No, okay. they are not too far away from um, Roanoke. Where's their Oh, where's their primary location? Uh, yeah. Well, crud. It doesn't take. Whatever. So, anyway, Old Salem taking over the shoots, uh, tap room in Roanoke, and that's kind of cool. Roanoke's got a nice, uh, tiny beer scene. I went there a couple Salem. years ago. It's Old Salem. Old Salem. Sorry. Brewing is in Salem, Virginia. Yeah. Gotcha. Where the heck is Salem on the map? Because we're looking at it, and I don't see it, so... There's Danville and Galax and Blacksburg and all sorts of places, but no Salem. Anyway, um, well, it's nice to know that, you know, even though Deschutes has moved out and gone somewhere else, that uh, that space won't be empty for very long. Oh, wow. So that's pretty close to Richmond. Well, good. And Are, speaking of breweries uh, taking over spaces. Yeah. So, uh, Wells, you actually went to this location I this weekend. I did right? go to Hop. Yeah. So we talked about on the show a couple months ago how Unknown Brewing in Charlotte has closed and they left behind one hell of a location, neat building, whatever. I was so, going to say, so for listeners that are not in the Charlotte area, how close is this to B of A Stadium? Oh man, you could see Bank of America Stadium from the property. Like it's just it is maybe right a there. maybe a five minute walk in stadium traffic down the street. Yeah, it's so close, and it's a great space. And I think it's a real testament to unknown that they couldn't make that space work for them. <clears throat> but anyway, Hopfly uh, has taken what the last six months or so to really completely rehab the former unknown space and it is stunning so what i've never been okay you've never been to unknown either okay uh nope too many bad stories nope understood that's fair uh so when you say rehab like what did they do uh well the unknown bar was in the middle of their tap room, so there were seating like okay. all the way around it. Now Hopfly has wisely pushed the bar back more towards the production area, so okay. um, it just makes a little bit more sense. Uh, they put in a second larger bar upstairs. Um, they've given it a, a facelift. Basically, they're pouring some great beer over there right now. Nice. Um, I had two, I guess I was just in a hazy IPA mood on Friday and had two of their beers. I'm like, these are great. Like you've got resident culture, just a couple blocks up the street. And then now you've got hot fly. Um, holy cow. Like the, I guess it's in the gold district is what they're calling it of 
you know, or South End or whatever. Everything's got to have a name in this fucking city. It drives me you nuts. You haven't arrived if you don't have a name. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and we had Stop another brewery that, uh, <laughs> that Jeff was talking about a minute ago, Salty Parrot. And I swear, if Salty Parrot had not already closed, they would be shut down now. Because Hopfly is going to take their lunch money. So remind me and the listeners, where is Hopfly out of? Uh, Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Okay. So they're they're from the east, a couple hours away. Okay. Um, I knew they were in another uh, North Carolina place. Yeah. I don't remember where exactly. I, I've never been. I've had a few of their beers on draft. Not on draft, I'm sorry, in cans. And I did not feel very confident about the age of said cans, so I'm kind of like, I'm just going to put y'all on pause for a minute until you come to town, and and I'll make a fair assessment. Well, it's time to make a fair assessment, and <laughs> that space absolutely, is, it's fantastic, and I can't wait to go back. Nice. That's awesome. And, you know, hey, the fact that you are right there by the football stadium, I can't imagine. If, if you are making good beer, that thing's going to go like gangbusters on it is. Sundays. It is. Well, not just Sundays on Saturdays now too, because we've got Charlotte Football Club's first. Oh, that's right. You know, their their home opener on on Saturday, so I'll be at Hopfly either before or after or both or whatever. Nice. Um, before that game, just to have a couple hazies or an English mild or whatever. So yeah, I was gonna out. say that that was my next question. What's the tap list like? Because you know, I'm a brewery. I'm just opening can be so weird these days. Yeah. So when I think of pop fly, I do think of hazy IPA. That's kind of what they had okay. the most variations of, but they also had some West coast esque IPA that I, I like the hazies a little bit better. Uh, they did have like an English mild and a Hellas and a Pilsner and just, you know, it, it's a pretty decently rounded um, selection. So right now, all production is out of Rocky Mount, but they did retain okay, the that, unknown um, system. I think it's a 20 barrel. And unknown was brewing on some big tanks. And I'm thinking like 60 to 100 barrel tanks. Oh, wow. But they were only doing like four, you know, four beers at a time or so. Right. So Hopfly brought in a whole bunch of smaller size fermenters. So that they can do more smaller batches and have a little bit more variation. Okay, because I would say that was going to be my next question of are they actually set up and brewing there yet? Or, if, but you just answered that. So I'm not sure if they're brewing right this second. If if they aren't, they will be soon. I do think they are though. Cool. So this isn't just like a tap room opening up. This is going to be like a tap room slash production facility. Nice. That's awesome. It is. Welcome to Charlotte Hopfly. Yeah. Yeah, you taste good. Well, we'll we'll have to make a journey out there. At least Wells and I will at some point because Wells tends to drag me to all the breweries. Jeff just understandably sometimes doesn't want to go because yeah. it's a haul for you. Like you know, because it's a forty-five minute one way. Yeah, I know, was going to say. And then I, I don't think a lot of people like it's just the listeners may not understand. It's not like a five-minute jaunt that Jeff doesn't want to make. Yeah. yeah. It, it is a 45-minute Don't get me drive. wrong. Like, there oftentimes is a big part of me just being lazy. But, you know, then it's like, well, I got a couple things I need to get done at the house. And so either I get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. 
Yeah, I no. Wanna, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not about that. You life. know what? I got stuff to do, guys. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> cool. All right, are we ready for a break? Yes, sir. We'll be back in 30. Time for Buy No Buy Wells. How does that work? How does Buy No Buy work? Well, uh-huh. we've been uh, drinking beer on the show, and it's time for us to tell you about what we've been drinking using a pretty simple system. Would we buy it, or would we not buy it? Jeff, what's uh, what's up first? So Wells was kind enough to bring us a couple cans from Resident Culture for tonight. Uh, the first one up is called Elastic Love. It's a West Coast double IPA. Amarillo, Simcoe, Citra. I like this one a lot. It's nice. It's chewy. It's bright. It's citrusy. Um, this is everything I want in a Westy double IPA. Big buy. Wells? This is probably the uh, clearest uh, resident culture IPA I think I've ever had. Um, Agreed. It's, it's got a bite to it. I mean, this is a true West Coast IPA that... California would have been happy to generate. Yep. This is super tasty, bitter, uh, clean, really easy drinking for a 9% too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a buy. Big buy. Really enjoy this one. Josh. Yeah, so I will second the, this is the clearest resident culture beer I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the cat piss smell is amazing. It is so good. The Simcoe that they're using is you could just tell, like, oh, it is so good. Uh, yeah, this is excellent. This is a big, huge buy. Huge. Huge. Jeff, next beer up. Next beer up. Sticking with Resident Culture. It's their barrel-aged Baltic Porter called Cold Comfort. Henry McKenna Single Barrel 10-Year-Old Bourbon Barrels. Collaboration with Bottle Logic. This is real damn good. Um, not a big surprise. You know, it's resident culture. They do, you know, a lot of lager beer as well. Well, well. Um, this one real good, 9%. Uh, it's got all the notes that I want out of Baltic Porter and all the notes that I want out of a barrel aged. It's exactly what it should be, and it's excellent. Does a really good job. Big buy. Well, I'm not getting overwhelmed by the barrel here. Mm-mm. It's there, but it kind of just folds in nicely. doesn't overwhelm the base beer too much. I cannot remember for the life of me if we had the base beer for this, just a regular Baltic Porter on the show. Anyway, um, if only. If um, only. But... He see, he see and I can't remember the name of it either, but... All right, well, um, then forget it. Well, I yeah, I was saying, that's I the know, problem. I know. What's, what's the name of it? Well, we could just search for Baltic Porter. Anyway, um, or Porter slash Baltic, or or nothing at all. doesn't matter. Um, this is really tasty. As Jeff just said, Resident Culture does uh, lager beers incredibly well, uh, and this is no slouch. This is just tasty. I guess we have not had it. Okay. Never mind. Um, if y'all get a chance to have, uh, 
this resident culture Baltic Porter, I would strongly advise you to buy it because it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have not had it officially. Oh, well, screw me then. Sorry about that. I guess I just drank them all. Because I know I went through a couple four packs of that at the house, and I'm on my uh, second four pack of this. I just, whatever, man. I've been on a resident culture kick lately. Can you blame me? Josh, what do you think of this? No, I think you guys are right. Like, the barrel doesn't overwhelm. This is one of those really good examples of the barrel perfectly adding to this beer. Like, oh, this is... This is another just knock it out of the park delicious. And that's the that res- says something. The restraint in this beer. Like, I don't know how you could discern dis- restraint, but it's just not overpowering in any way. No, it's not. But at it all, all like it's just a perfect, like you said, like just absolutely all flows together. It's great. It really does. Uh, Jeff, next beer up. Uh, one of those beers that showed up on the shelves and we all kind of went, wait, what? Huh? Okay, No, I got you. It's right there. That one's right there, I think. Is it not? Keep talking. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Um, no. I got you. Okay. One of those beers that shows up on the shelves and we all kind of freak out. We're like, wait a second. That's not supposed to be here. Uh, what are you doing here? Yeah. Perennial Artisan Ales, Abraxas. And if you've never had Abraxas, it's one of those beers that, uh, well, you need to have at some point. Um, that being said, if you are a fan of Mexican cake or Hunapu, um, this is pretty darn close to it. You know, Imperial Stout with cinnamon, chilies, and um, it's good. I, it, it is a good beer. I like it. Um, this isn't what I reach for when I reach for an Imperial Stout, so I'm not going to buy it. But it's, I mean, it's it's a well made good beer. I, I just the the chili cinnamon beer like that's just not my. That's not what I'm after. Well, more for me then. Uh, Jeff's going to know by it, so I will gladly clean up the rest of this bottle if necessary. That's right. Um, it's tasty. I, I think the comparisons to Mexican cake and uh, Hunapu are apt. Jeez, um, this but is... But also, like, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Actually, I did. But <laughs> it's... It isn't a me too. I can also do this beer mm-hmm. like everybody else started doing. Yep. This is one of the OGs that did it right. Yep. And Ancho Chilies, uh, it's so it's kind of nice, like fruitiness to it. Not a whole a uh, lot of just heat, not a lot of spice, just a lot of smoky flavor. Um, very smooth for an 11.5%. Right. Uh, this is one of those 750 milliliter bottles that I could really solo. I mean, Typically, that's a, a bridge too far for for me for stouts, but I, I could I could manage. It's a buy surprise. Josh, your thoughts? There's heat. No. Yeah, there's none in this. Like this is velvety smooth. The vanilla you can always tell fake versus real vanilla. That is real vanilla. That cinnamon is there. It's not overwhelming, which it can be in this beer style occasionally to me. You can definitely taste the chilies, but it's not like a, you know, it's not hot. It's not going to burn you. Right. Uh, it's nice smoke. And, and to Jeff's point, this is one of the OGs that did this beer style. And I am kicking myself for not buying a second bottle just for me, to be honest. Because You do damn, kick yourself a lot. You do make bad choices. This is delicious. And uh, I won't even tell people where I bought it on mic, off mic. Jeff knows. Yep. Uh, and there's probably some more sitting there. Yeah. It's and, not hard to find. 
And no, I am. And that's and again, like it's that's that the weird thing, though. Like, how or, or like, do you guys remember when I bought Sump from them? Yeah. Like, how is this just sitting here? Well, because I think, I think the hype phase for Abraxas is like five years ago. I don't feel like Abraxas and like Mexican cake was a real big part of that. Like, I just don't feel like they're the they're as big of a deal they're as they're not they the high be. beasts. They're not they because it's not a pastry stout. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, I mean, well, this beer kind of tastes like beer. I want it to taste like sugar. How there? I mean, it does kind of taste like sugar. It does a little bit, but not overwhelming by. I ain't mad. I mean, I, you know, just like, I, you know, again, it's a good beer. This, I this is not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, totally I just get like, it. Yeah, you know, like totally it, get it. Just, if the beer's not made with birthday cake, I don't want it. All right, that's absolutely bye for me, Jeff. Final beer up. Uh, final beer up. Uh, thanks to Jason for sacrificing his last can of Revolution Beer's Thundertaker. The Thundertaker. Thank you, Jason. From Parts Unknown. Where's that? Can I get the big uh, bell? Um. It's a collaboration they did with a, a bottle shop in the Chicagoland area called Benny's. Um, Benny's gave them some premium hand-selected barrels. So this is an imperial rye stout loaded with Canadian rye malt, as well as English and German specialty barley varieties. It's a like I'd never heard of an imperial rye stout. At least I don't think I don't remember. Um, big shock! It's real damn good. Big, heavy, chewy stout from uh, Revolution that uh, is aged in bourbon barrels, and it tastes great. And we were kind of talking off mic about, oh, this this one doesn't really seem as as uh, hot as the others. Uh, At fourteen percent, yeah. it's fourteen and a half percent still though. So, um, big shocker, big bite for me. Wells, I, I know you did like it. Oh yeah, I only went back for seconds and was weighing thirds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unusually smooth for Revolution. It's only fourteen point six percent. It still has that revolution taste. Yes. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's just it's that that sweetness. I right? can I can pick their imperial stouts out of a lineup real easy. Um, because they're tasty and they're consistent and motor oily and goddamn this is delicious. Uh, this is a, a big buy and I think I've got my work cut out for me for buy no buy. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this? It is. This is by no by. You mean I no? Tap that. I mean I tap, tap that. that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to what everybody else has already said. This is big. It's chewy. It's not boozy. It's not aggressive. Uh, typically, when you tell me it is a rye stout or it's got rye, you know, malt. malt in it, I'm expecting a little bit of spiciness, just because rye sometimes can bring that. Uh, didn't feel that at all, which not a bad thing. Um, and I'm not talking like heat heat, just the uh, rice yeah. got a weird kind of spice that you're yeah. just like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I kind of feel like outside of most of, but not as outside of, it, except for like two of the revs that we've had that were all just kind of like, mm, no, they kind of kill it on stouts and it's almost not fair. It really is not fair sometimes because... 
Damn. But, you know, Wells, you, you mentioned something, and I, I'm curious on both of your opinions. So, Duck Rabbit uh-huh. in yeah. North Carolina, uh-huh. they have a very specific uh, yeast. yeast that you can tell. Yep. Do you think that's the same thing with Rev? Uh, maybe. They're using a very specific yeast style that maybe they're culturing in-house, and that's why we can... Because, t- Wells, I'm kind of like you. You put me in a blindfold and give me some stouts and I can tell you exactly which one is the Rev one because of the, the way that it tastes. Just like a duck rabbit. I can tell you exactly which one that is just because of the way it tastes. So I'm curious. Maybe they've got some, you know, scientist dude. like Could be. Could have a house yeast train. Yeah, that they're using because it, it would make sense. Yeah. Especially when you're doing a whole bunch of like 15% stouts. Right. You've got to have like a yeast train that can handle alcohol up to that point Yeah. without, you know, Whatever it is, it works great. I hope it never changes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is another big buy for me. So all the time, it's time for I tap that. I tap that. I tap um, that. Of all the beers that we have been drinking on the show, what's the one that we would love to put on tap at our theoretical or actual home kegerator, Jeff? You know, I bought the three I bought because uh, they were they were great. They were fantastic. Um, that Elastic Love is probably. I, probably hands down my favorite resident culture beer outside of uh, um, my mind just shut off. Um, Reup, um, absolutely fantastic. That Baltic Porter was barrel aged perfectly. Uh, just a, another beer that you would love to have on tap. And that Thundertaker. I mean, I hate I hate being the guy that's always like, well, of course it's a revolution, but of, of course it's. Of course it's a revolution. Of course it's a revolution. I, you know, there there are some of some ribs that I'm not sure I'd want to have on tap. Strawberry barley one. Yeah. But this one, um, I, I just, I, it's one of those scary beers that doesn't put up a whole lot of resistance to drinking it, um, which could get you in trouble real fast. Right. And, and having gone through enough cans of Revolution high ABV beers, um, I know what would happen with this. And suddenly the Xbox starts getting a little fuzzy. Like, that's, that's how that goes. That's how Sunday went. <laughs> that maple jacket was a little too easy drinking. Well, what about you, my man? It's got to be the Revolution. Um, this is one of the smoothest beers that I've ever had from them. They can come in a little hot sometimes, which I don't mind. But right. Damn. When you're not ready for it, yeah. you're kind of like, huh, can, can you chill out a little bit? Yeah, but a nice, calm, easy drinking, 14.6% barrel-aged imperial stout. Sessionable. Oh, I know, I know. It, it has to be that. Wow. I, I would, man, I'd never leave the house if I had this at, at home. You'd never be able to drive. Well, exactly. <laughs> Just be on a moped. Oh, yeah. Sure. You, you, mean, you mean the liquor sickle? Sure. So are you with us or are you going to combo break? It's really, I'm going to be honest, it's real tough because that resident culture, both of those resident cultures are fantastic. That Abraxas is real good, really good. Yeah. Like, did not expect that. Like, kind of one of those, you've always heard about it and you wonder, can it can it really live up to the hype? Especially when, yep. oh yeah, you know, when Mark used to be on the show and he could easily get a Hunapu and I could have Hunapu basically whenever I wanted. Right. Because he would buy like 80 bottles. Of yeah, it. exactly. Uh, you always wondered like, 
oh yeah, there's this other beer out there, and it's kind of the same thing, and can it, and it really does. I remember the year that, that this had first started catching fire, and um, my sister and brother-in-law lived in St. Louis, and, and they were like, oh, we're coming, you know, we're coming in. Do you want us to bring you anything from, you know, from, from St. Louis when we get together? And I'm like, yeah. Um, I'd love to. F- I'd love if you could find this bottle of Abraxas, and they would bring me like the Belgian Pale Ale. I'm like, that's nope. not it. That's, that that's, is most definitely not it. By the way, it. can we all disagree that that was a trend that needed to die as well? Yeah, the Belgian Pale Ale. Yeah, uh, but Terrible. despite all my wording of saying Abraxas, and as much as I loved it, I've got to give it to the, 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 the Undertaker. From parts yeah. unknown. To my mouth. Thank you, Jason, for giving us that last can. Jeff, we're at the end of the show. Where are we at? Uh, come find us on the interwebs. Go to craftbeercast.com. Uh, we also have Facebook if uh, you want to interact with us that way. If that's your, like for the 18 people that are still active on Facebook <laughs> that aren't just posting memes, um, facebook.com slash craftbeercast. we got a Patreon if you want to support us that way. You know, Twitter, email, all that kind of stuff. But uh, meanwhile, yeah, hit us up on the Twitters at CBCast. Probably for the quickest response times. Yeah. In the Unless you really want to get under uh, Chris's skin, in which case, send a message through Facebook because it drives him nuts. Oh. Because he gets the email notification that there's a message oh. waiting. Oh. And I do too. But like he gets it. And he's just like, Whoa. I'm like, oh, just quit whining. Hmm. Now you've given me an idea for something to do on a Friday night. <sighs> Maybe mute that email, Jeff. Address, Jeff. Believe it or not, uh, it's really it's just as easy to delete an email as it is to do anything else. But yeah, that's true. Well, you else, where you at, my man? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at all the wells. Where are you, Josh? You can follow me on Twitter at Josh CBC. Don't forget to rate and re- review us on your podcatcher of choice. Don't forget to tell a friend, tell somebody. Uh, don't forget about our subreddit slash r slash craft beer cast. And other than that, we will talk to you guys next Thursday.